Hey guys, welcome to the sixth installment of Decade of Destiny. Looking at making your next 10 your best 10. We have covered a number of subjects. We've talked about how to, how to seek out your destiny, how to understand that it is God's destiny for you. The destiny is not something we create. Our destiny is something we discover because God created it. And we want to begin here in 2020, as rough as this year has been, we want to begin a decade of destiny and make our next 10 years our best 10 years. Today, we're going to be looking at our physical health. The title of the message is, Do You Want to Get Well? Many of you know that I also do a lot of life coaching, and life coaches are known for their questions. Okay, they don't give a whole lot of advice. About 10% or less of a coaching session is advice giving. Most of it is questions, drawing that out. Because guess what? You can lay out the best diet, the best nutrition, the best exercise plan. But if you don't want to get well, it's not going to work. This question has to be asked first. Do you want to get well? And we're going to be looking at, at some of that as we go along. Hey, we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture today, okay? We're going to be looking at a ton of it, um, probably a little more teaching than preaching today, which I know some of you enjoy that even more. So here's this is your day, okay? Uh, we're going to look first at 1 Corinthians. We're going to be looking at chapter 6, verses 12 through 20. And we're going to, we're going to break these up as we look at these. Let's look at these first two verses of that first. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church here, and he says, I have the right to do anything. Some translation says everything is permissible, you say. And then it says, but not everything is beneficial. In other words, you may have freedom to do a lot of things, but that doesn't mean that everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. In other words, I will not be controlled by my habits. I will not be controlled by the freedom that I have. I will not be controlled by my addictions. And let's be honest, some of our health issues have to do with addictions, whether it's a drug addiction, uh, uh, alcohol addiction, some other chemical dependency addiction, a food addiction, a TV addiction, a social media addiction, those things have a tendency to master us. And Paul is saying here, I will not be mastered by anything. What he's saying is, is take control of your body. You say food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, which is kind of the core of what he's talking about here. But notice the principles we can pull out of this. But for the Lord, it's not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. Guess what? Your body belongs to God. It doesn't even belong to you. So when you say, well, this is my body, I can do with it what I want. As a follower of Jesus, that's not really true. As a follower of Jesus, your body belongs to God. And so it's not necessarily what... We want to do with our body. And, and let me let me just tell you up front as we are right in the introduction of this message. I struggle with this. Being healthy does not come easy for me, which may be one of the reasons that I'm qualified to teach on it, because I know the struggle. 
you know, somebody that's never had to struggle, they, they've been skinny all their lives and they never have to struggle with this. What can they teach me about the struggle? I can share the struggle because I've been there. I'm in it. I'm in it. I shared with you guys at the beginning of the year that I was wanting to get down to 180. Um, right now, I am at 204. 204. Um, I started the year at 213. So I've lost nine pounds in nine months. I'm not going to get there <laughs> losing one pound a month. So, so I need to change something. And you know what? In October, I'm going to be making some adjustments there in order to better reach my goals because it's a struggle for me because oftentimes I do let other things master my body. And you know what? Sometimes I get in that, that mode where I think, well, it's my body. What does it matter? But it's not. It's God's body. It is God. It is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. All right, let's look at, at a verse 14 here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to continue. We're just going to go this kind of verse by verse, looking at some, some principles that teaches us about how God sees our body. <clears throat> verse 14, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Uh, here's the good news, folks. As, as followers of Jesus, <clears throat> you're going to be resurrected. This body will die and you will be resurrected and we will live eternity in heaven with a new and glorified body, a Tommy Lanham 2.0, if you will. OK, or you know, whoever you are, Joe Cortale 2.0 or, or whatever. You're going to have your body 2.0. It, it's going to be new. It's going to be a glorified body. So doesn't mean that we just ignore taking care of our bodies here. But it does mean, man, we've got a new and glorified body to look forward to in the future. Because God, if you are in Jesus, God will raise you up the same way he raised Jesus up. All right, let's go to verse 15 of this passage. Verse 15, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Your bodies are members of Christ. You are a part of Jesus. You are a part of the body of Christ. That's what the church is. The church is the body of Christ. And so we are a part of the body of Christ. Our bodies are members of Christ. We can't separate that. We can't say, oh, here's my spiritual life and here's my physical life. We can look at those in different categories to some extent, but there's they're connected. Okay. They're not disconnected. Your bodies are members of Christ himself. All right. We're going to skip on down to verses 19 and 20 and look at some of the principles that are taught there in this passage. And I would encourage you to go back and read through uh, this passage as well. <laughs> Verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? When you became a follower of Jesus, Acts 2.38 tells us that when we are baptized, when we repent and are baptized and we come up out of the watery grave of baptism, that new creation for the forgiveness of sins, that we will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit literally lives inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. 
when we are destroying our body, we are desecrating the temple of the Holy Spirit. Think about that. Uh, the next time you just kind of throw it off and say, oh, forget about it. Um, deal with the struggle. It's a struggle. I struggle with you. But don't give up just because it's a struggle. We go on. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor honor God with your bodies. Listen, you're not your own. Your body doesn't belong to you. We already touched on that. Why? Because you were bought at a price. And that price was life itself. And Jesus paid that price on the cross so that one day we could spend eternity with him and the Father and all the saints that have gone on before us in heaven. And I am looking forward to that day when I have that new and glorified body. I am looking forward to that day. But until that day comes, I need to take care of this temple of the Holy Spirit. This is not my own body. This body was bought at a price. Therefore, we should honor God with our bodies. Now, this goes above and beyond just the health aspect, but I do believe the health aspect is part of it. And so we need to take care of our bodies. And I'm not saying you got to go out and be a health nut. I'm not saying that you got to count every calorie and, and, and measure every step. And, and if you're into that thing, great. You know, praise God for it. Uh, but I know many of us, me being one of you, if I tried to do all of that stuff, man, I would just lose heart. I'm not a detailed person and making my whole existence all about details demotivates me. And so I've got to find easier ways to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to share uh, a more simple way here in a minute. Okay. So that's what we learned from first Corinthians chapter six, verses 12 through 20. Those aspects of the body in relation to God and, and God's view of our body. It's not our own. It belongs to him. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. It was bought at a price. And we need to keep that in mind as we move forward. Now, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a personal trainer. I've had some classes in nutrition as, as I've worked toward my life coach certification, but that has not been my focus. Although with some of my clients, I do work to some extent with their health. And I'm going to share with you a little bit of what I share with them. Again, if you want more detailed stuff, there are some resources out there and I'm going to share those with you here in a minute. But right now, I just want to share with you what I call the forget it plan. The forget it. Man, all these diets, all these exercise programs, all these things I got to do, all these books, all these classes, all these meetings. Man, I just want to forget it. Well, good. You're you're on the right track. Here's the forget it. Four things you need to get. Now, this is just foundational stuff. Again, there's a lot more to, to health than this, but these, these are just the foundations, okay? The four things you need to get. And the first one is you need to get enough sleep. You cannot overestimate the importance of sleep. Realize that if we are getting enough sleep, we do not need an alarm clock to wake up. Now, let me just tell you again, I struggle with this as much as anybody. I love to get up early, but I'm not always in bed early. I need a lot of sleep, but I still like to get up early. 
Most people are somewhere between seven to nine hours a night. Some people may be a little less, some people a little more. To say that everybody needs exactly eight hours a night, uh, most experts say that that is not the case. But everybody is different. But one of the ways to understand how much sleep you really need is to back up your sleep time until you're able to get up before your alarm clock goes off. If you, if you are getting up before your alarm clock goes off, unless something else is going on, you're probably getting enough sleep. And sleep, it rejuvenates the body. It gives the body time to take a time out and just to refresh, especially our mental capacity. Um, when we lose sleep, when we don't get enough sleep, it reduces our brain function. Okay? So, so literally, lack of sleep makes you stupid. Okay? <laughs> lack of sleep makes you stupid. And there's probably many of us, and I know I can't testify, testify to that fact, but when I don't get enough sleep, I make silly decisions. <laughs> and so that sleep is important. So number one, get enough sleep. Number two, get enough oxygen. That's another thing we underestimate. One of the best benefits of exercise is not so much you know, doing the exercise, and although that's very helpful, and, and, and I'm not putting that down, but the, the greatest benefit of exercise is it forces us to take in more oxygen. And oxygen is amazing. Now, here's the cool thing about it. You may be saying, man, I don't have time to exercise. I don't like to run. I don't like to ride bikes. I don't like sports. What do I do? What do I mean? Hey, I would encourage you to do something, walk or something. Even days where you feel like you can't, that's literally the case. Do breathing exercises while you're in your car, while you're on the train, while you're watching TV. You can do breathing exercises where you intentionally bring in more oxygen than you normally do. There's one that I do that is um, it's taught by Tony Robbins when I walk. And, it, and it's a quick four breaths in and four breaths out. And it's like through the nose. And you breathe deep down into your diaphragm, not in your chest, down in your diaphragm. You breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth in those four gusts. And, and, and it, it, it causes you to take in more oxygen. There are other breathing exercises out there. Most of them that I'm aware of, they work. They just help you to be intentional about getting more oxygen into you. Again, oxygen is a healer. It is a natural healer for your body. Have you ever wondered why you go in the hospital? One of the first things they do is put oxygen on you because it's part of the healing process. Uh, it's, it's difficult to heal with a lack of oxygen. So get enough oxygen. All right, get enough sleep, get enough oxygen. The third one is get the right amounts of the right foods, the right kind of foods. And uh, let, me let me just put the basics out there, okay? At least 50%, it's better if it's up around 75, but at least 50% of your intake should be water-rich foods and drinks. What are water-rich foods and drinks? Basically, it's vegetables, fruits, fruit juice, no sugar added, and water. Now, I will say that there is an order there. Water is the best. Um, vegetables would be next. Fruits would be third. And fruit juices would be fourth in that. 
because your fruits and fruit juices, even though your fruit juices, make sure you do no sugar added. But even with no sugar added, there's still a lot of concentrated sugar in there and that can have a negative effect on you. So be careful with that. But it is water rich. Fruits and fruit juices can um, increase your acidic levels, which is not good. You want to increase your alkaline levels. And so um, in order to do that, you may want to eat more vegetables and drink more water than you are drinking juices and eating fruits. But those are basically the four things that are water rich foods. And it replenishes your body with the fluids and the bodies or fluid in the body, fluid and, and the water that we need in our bodies. So get enough sleep, get enough oxygen, get the right amounts of the right kind of foods. And here's the fourth thing you need to get, get away from the poisons, get away from the poisons, the obvious ones like drugs and alcohol, obviously. Now I'm not a, judging you on alcohol. If, if you're a moderate drinker and, and, and that can be okay, but just not in excess because it can destroy your health besides the spiritual aspects of that. Um, and, and you know you. Some people can't do that. Some people can, but you know you, okay? Uh, but get away from those poisons and also get away from the less obvious poisons or at least reduce, if you can't eliminate, things like caffeine, sugar, too much salt. Be careful with those poisons as well, because too much of those things can really pollute the body. Now, I feel like a hypocrite talking about this stuff. Chris Petrella came to my house just the other day. He's knowing that I'm trying to lose weight. He comes to the door and I'm eating something that I probably shouldn't be eating. And he looks at it. Root beer floats. Go ahead. Fess up. <laughs> Aren't women supposed to be silent in the church? Oh. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. That was a joke. Okay. Kind of. Um, Chris Petrella comes to the door and he looks at me and he goes, are you eating ice cream? I had to fess up. I was eating ice cream. Matter of fact, I was eating a root beer float. The best kind of ice cream. Homemade ice cream. All right. Um, Chris Petrella, no more ice cream for the whole month of October. Okay. When we get to November, I'll make another decision then. But for the rest of October, no ice cream. Matter of fact, I'm seriously considering just going off sweets altogether for the month of October because I need I need to get in the high gear here if I'm going to reach my goal for the end of 2020. So, all right, guys, that's just a foundational uh, health plan right there that's simple. Anybody could do that. Anybody could do that. Just takes a little bit of intention in there. And um, along with all the, you know, all this other stuff, I want to look again at scripture because I think the scripture puts this in, in a very good perspective. And we're going to look at some things, those, those four foundations and foundational things and other things that you can look at, man, you can, um, those are health benefits that you get from that. But we're going to look at some things that maybe you haven't thought of. Okay. Let's look at another passage of scripture. This is in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 47, it says, these instructions are not empty words. Listen, when God speaks to us, when he gives us instructions, they are not empty words. They are your life. Did you see that? They are your life. And look at this. By obeying them, 
you will enjoy a long life in the land. You realize God is saying by obeying him, you can prolong your life. That's interesting. We're going to look at a passage of scripture in Proverbs. This is a section of scripture here. It's in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, and then 5 through 10. Look at this stuff. We're going to focus in on some of these underlines. Keep my commands in your heart for, look at this, they will prolong your life. Prolong your life. We just talked about that. Many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Trust in the Lord. There are health benefits to trusting in the Lord. It can prolong your life. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. He will give you a way to live your life. He will help you better understand how to make better choices, spiritual choices, financial choices, career choices, health choices. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body. Listen, listen to what I said. Do not be wise in your own eyes. In other words, don't think, hey, I just come up with this stuff. But fear the Lord and shun evil. And when we talk about fearing the Lord, it's a fear of honor. It's not a fear like, oh, I run away from him. I don't want to see him. It's a fear of honor. Honoring the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Man, that's that sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? Just honor God and shun evil and you will have a healthier body and more nourishment in your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Goes back to our subject from last week. With the first fruits of all of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflowing. You see, there's benefits to just obeying God and we're going to look more specific into that, okay? We're going to look at at really God's prescription (laughs) For health, on top of all this other stuff, okay? I mean, there's food choices. We've talked about health choices, doing exercise. I encourage you to do all that. Make sure you get enough sleep. Make sure you get enough oxygen. Make sure you get enough of the right amount of foods, those water-rich foods, and, uh, and make sure you get away from the poisons. We need to do those things. But listen to this prescription that God gives us for health. Number one. Here it comes. Trust God. Trust God. Just put your trust in him. Psalms chapter 116 verse 7 says, I said to myself, relax because the Lord takes care of you. Just trust God. It is so so stressful when we try to handle everything on our own. Doesn't mean we don't make decisions. It doesn't mean we don't put forth effort, but it does mean that ultimately we need to put our trust in God and relax. Relax because the Lord will take care of us. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. You want to be healthier? You want to bring more life to your body? Have a heart at peace. If you put your trust in God, you're going to be more at peace. You're not going to be envious because when we're envious, what does it do? It rots the bones. It's unhealthy. 
to be envious. So just be at peace. Trust God. Number two, confess sin. It is there is there are actually health benefits to confessing our sin. Look at Psalm chapter 32, verses 3 through 5. It says, when I refuse to confess my sin, this is David writing here. When I refuse to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. He was just becoming weaker and weaker. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Why is all this happening? Because David had unconfessed sin. He refused to confess his sin. And it was destroying his health. But here's the good news. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. Listen, guilt will literally kill you if you let it. It will destroy your health. Confess that sin. First and foremost, confess it to God. Second of all, confess it to somebody. You don't have to confess it to everybody, but confess it to somebody. Whatever it is you cannot talk about, Satan has control of you in your life. Find somebody that you could confess to and release that guilt. Listen, it is impossible to feel guilty and happy at the same time. So confess that sin and confess that sin and release that guilt. So trust God, confess sin. The third prescription that God gives us, give generously. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because Joe covered this great last week. And if you haven't listened to that message, I would encourage you to go back. Just want to point out a passage of scripture here, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. It says, a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You see, it's refreshing to help people out, to give in order to help others. We see just like our finances are tied to our spiritual health, so is our physical health tied to our spiritual health. It's what we do in those areas that is connected to our spiritual lives. All right, number four and the last one. Have fun. Have fun, guys. There's so many health benefits to just laughing and enjoying life. There are some hospitals nowadays that are actually using laughter therapy to help their patients uh, recover after surgery. Man, it's great to just let loose a big belly laugh. I love to laugh. Uh, several years ago, we worked with a church in, um, in Kentucky and it was in Manchester, Kentucky. We were there for about a year. We were helping them uh, develop their, their worship program and kind of transition from a traditional uh, singing of hymns out of a book to more contemporary singing uh, praise courses off the wall. We took them from out of the book to off the wall. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. But, uh, <laughs> but when we left there, 
we went we went on to another project we were doing with Upside Down Ministries. Several months later, we were visiting and we were talking with a lady there and she looked at me and she goes, I really miss your laugh. Man, that's awesome. It's us. Wasn't my singing ability. It wasn't the ability to be able to make those transitions in a smooth, comfortable way. It was my laugh. She missed my laugh. And I love that. You know why? Because I love to laugh. I love it. Even in the midst of pain, I try to look for the humor in things. I love this passage of scripture in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22. It's one of my mantras. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Listen, a cheerful heart, it's not just a happy thing. It's not just a positive thing. It's medicine. There's a healing aspect to it. So yeah, trust God, confess your sin, give generously, and have fun. I love what Rick Warren says about laughter. He says, if you learn to laugh at yourself, you will never run out of material. Okay, so just laugh at yourself. It's okay. John Maxwell says if you might as well laugh at yourself, everybody else is. You might as well just join them. Come on in, laugh at yourself. We do goofy stuff all the time. Don't stress over it. Don't take yourself so seriously. Just laugh and have fun. All right, guys, I want to I want to close with a passage of scripture here. It's a, it's a significant uh, passage of scripture out of Daniel, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. It's one of the prophets. Uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 16. We're just going to read straight through this. Um, but, but let me just set this up for a minute. Uh, Daniel is, is one of the ones that are, are of Jewish descent that has um, being honored by the king as a, a potential helpers, kind of advisory board in, in making decisions and stuff like that. And so the king wants to bless all these that he has chosen. And so he's given them all these rich foods, these fancy foods, the best wine, the best meats, all this just luxurious stuff that they're allowed to eat. And Daniel kind of steps back because he knows it's not healthy. Now, we're going to pick that story up with verse 5 in Daniel chapter 1, verses 5 through 16. This is another one I would encourage you to go back and read. It says, the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. <laughs> Among those who were chosen were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar. To Hananiah, Shadrach. To Mishael, Meshach. And to Azariah, Abednego. And in case you didn't know, those last, last uh, three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, a few thousand years later, were given new names by VeggieTales. It's Rack, Shack, and Benny. Okay. <laughs> So uh, their names have been changed twice. They've had three different names along the way. All right, let's continue the story. But Daniel resolves not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. 
Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel, but the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of my Lord, the king, who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age? The king would then have my head because of you. Now, Daniel's asking to eat differently, and the chief is saying, hey, if you do that, you're going to get weak. And if you get weak, the king's going to have my head. Okay, we can't do that. Let's continue on. Daniel then said to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. <laughs> then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So he agreed to do this and tested them for 10 days. So for 10 days, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or Daniel, Rakshak, and Benny, <laughs> ate vegetables and water. Why all these others eating all these meats, all these fancy foods, and all this, this great wine. And they're just eating vegetables and water. And look at what happens. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. Listen, it's just a matter of choice. You know what, you know what vegetables and water are? They're water-rich foods. We covered this in the beginning, remember? Those water-rich foods. They didn't need all that other stuff. Sometimes we think we got we to gotta give ourselves an abundance in order to have strength. When really what we probably need to do is to cut a lot of that out and put in the right kinds of foods into our body. Now, I told you in the beginning I was going to share a resource with you. I have several resources here. Um, Daniel Amen is one of my favorites. Um, he is an expert on brain health. And let me just tell you, if you're doing things that's going to make your brain healthy, it's going to make the rest of your body healthy. And Daniel Amen would agree me, with me on that. Daniel Amen taught some of my life coaching classes I have taken um, over the years for life coach uh, certification. Uh, but this is, a, this is an audio uh, set that I have. It says, uh, change your brain, change your body. The ultimate brain body makeover. Uh, this is another one that he has relaxation, focus and memory training, a guided brain health program. It's just things you can do in order to, to uh, relax your mind and make it healthier. Uh, this one is called um, change your brain, change your life, change your brain, change your life. And this one is natural ways to heal the brain. ADD, anxiety, depression, memory problems, and insomnia. All right, great stuff. There's another book that is good. Um, it's by Gary Thomas. It's called Everybody Matters. It's another book that I had to read for my life coaching classes. Great information in this book. We'll get all these resources to you. I think Tammy's putting them in the comments. Uh, she can type fast like that. But here, here is the, the, the real resource I want to look to. Um, in addition to the Bible, because we've went through the Bible, looked at it, and there's a lot more in the Bible about health than what we've covered here today. Uh, but this is a book. I don't have the cover for it, but I'll try to show you the spine. 
can get it in there. It's called the Daniel Plan. It's written by Daniel Amen, who did a lot of the stuff I just showed you, Rick Warren, and um, uh, Mark Hyman. All three of them Christian. All three of them looking at it from a biblical perspective. The book is called The Daniel Plan. The Daniel Plan. And it is based on this passage of scripture we just covered. Daniel chapter 1, verses 5 through 16. It gives you uh, motivation. It gives you encouragement. It gives you scripture. And it gives you more details than what I give you. I'm not a detailed person. Remember that? But it gives you more details than what I have given you on how to be healthy. It's called the Daniel plan. And all these resources are in the comments as well. And, and guys, as you move forward, I just encourage you to take seriously our physical health and realize all the stuff we've talked about here today doesn't do us any good unless we answer that question. In John chapter five, Jesus is walking through this area where a lot of uh, paralytics and other sick people would stay and, 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 and they would beg for money and stuff like that. And there was this guy that had, uh, had been an invalid for like 38 years, 38 years of his life. And he's sitting there and he's, he's asking for things and, and probably asking for money and stuff like that. And, and Jesus walks up to him and, and we see this in verse six. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, 38 years is a long time. Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? Folks, that's the question right there. And if the, if the answer is no, then none of this matters. If the answer is, um, yeah, sorta, none of this matters. If the answer is, uh, yes, none of this matters. But if your answer is, absolutely, absolutely, I want to get well. And we have to answer that question on a daily basis. Today, do you want to get well? And if the answer is yes, Jesus can heal us. God's word can heal us. Looking at simple aspects of, of, of how God gives us direction through his word can help to heal us. Listen, if this is going to be your decade of destiny, I want you to still be around at the end of this decade. I want you, I want you to have more energy and be more vibrant and be more full of life in 2029 than you are today. And you know what? I'm saying that for myself as well. I, yeah, we're going to be 10 years older. What are you talking about, Tommy? I'm talking about being intentional about our health. More life, more health, more energy, more vibrancy than we have right now. Do you want to be well? Are you ready to make the next 10 your best 10? Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this body that you've given us, dear Father. We know it's just temporary. And one day we're going to have a new and glorified body. And God, we're looking forward to that day. But until that day, um, we're using this as a temple of your Holy Spirit. And God, help us to respect it in that way. And God, I struggle with this as much as anybody. And God, I pray that you cut me to the heart with this message that I will take more serious this gift that you have given me, not to look better, not to, 
be able to impress people, not be able to brag or walk down the street and strut my stuff, but because this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the healthier I am, the more effective I am in doing what you have called me to do. The more effective I am in following your destiny and your purpose for my life. God, I pray that you be with each and every one of us as you ask us that question, do you want to be well that we will answer with enthusiasm and affirmative yes yes i do it's in jesus precious name we pray amen